bless you all. <laughs> Look at this, a one-page sermon. Wow. <laughs> oh, thank you. Let's just commit the word to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your scriptures. We thank you that in them are life and there's truth and illumination, revelation, strength, encouragement. There's everything. Lord, you've just provided everything through Jesus and your word. And so we pray that your spirit will quicken your word this morning, that we will be truly blessed and leave here feeling very refreshed and with a beautiful new sight of you, sight of Jesus, your son. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Righty-ho. Now, looking ahead in hope and confidence, when I saw that little um, message that Jeremy had put up on the overhead, um, I thought, well, there goes my sermon. I might as well pack up. So um, it's wonderful how the Spirit of God works and uh, everything flows, songs, overheads, um, messages, everything. And as we leave 2020, I'd like us to really look ahead to 2021 with new eyes and clear vision. And 2020 has taken a heavy toll on many people. Now, I come from New Zealand and um, from Hawke's Bay, and I was having a look at some uh, YouTube video this morning of the way the seas are encroaching. And um, I remember it as children and teenagers, we all used to ride our bikes way down the coast to a place called Waimarama. And that was the most popular beach. Everyone loved it, it was great. And people built these little houses uh, up on top of the sort of the dunes, you know. And um, anyway, Heavy seas have taken a toll and uh, the east coast of New Zealand is notorious for seas encroaching and for um, eroding away the land. And um, what they have now is waves coming up and they're crashing against the, the patios and the verandas of these houses and actually um, the sea is throwing shingle on the roofs of the houses. They wake up at night and uh, there are heavy seas pounding and the sea tosses up the shingle off the shingle beach. So they're just, yeah, it's, um, it's phenomenal. And that beach has gone. It's not the beach it was. And many uh, beaches on the east coast of New Zealand are suffering a similar fate, which when you look at it, and I was telling Pete this morning, they're all wondering how to stop it, what to do. But New Zealand is on the, um, you've got the Pacific tectonic plate where the two the continental plates meet. And New Zealand... The east coast is right on the edge of one of these plates and it is subducting. So here's New Zealand and basically in time, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, when I was a child in primary school, we knew that the sea was going to reclaim a lot of the land on the east coast. We, we just knew that. We were taught that. The old timers would tell us. And in my lifetime, I'm seeing it. It's just phenomenal. And 2020 has really taken a toll on people, on nations, and um, it's like it's eroded and it's encroached into people's lives and it's eaten away. And a lot of people have found it really difficult um, to cope with it. 
So a vast population on the planet are tired. Some of them have been damaged, and they're very weary. And yet, we who are the beloved saints of God who trust in him, we are still able in the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Spirit to keep thanking God for his goodness and his kindness through all that's happening. And we are able to still remain joyful in our hearts for we stand on solid rock. And I wonder why those people build houses on the sand on the east coast of New Zealand. Well, they've just got to read their Gospels, don't they? (laughs) Jesus warned us in the Scripture repeatedly that we were going to experience uh, storms and inclement weather in varying degrees. And like Noah, who had to batten down the hatches, be prepared, be confident in the Lord, um, that's how we are to be in Christ Jesus, to batten down the hatches, not run away, not be filled with fear, but to be confident in the Lord our God. Because just as he delivered Noah through the storm, so he delivers us. And I love this reading. I'm going to read some scriptures out of Isaiah here, Isaiah 43. I love these verses. But now, O Jacob, and I can put in here, but now, O people in Vineyard Stanthorpe Church, brothers and sisters, listen to the Lord who created you. The one who formed you says, don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And we move on down. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God, there never has been and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. And that is who our Father is. That is amazing. I think of our orchards around here in Stanthorpe, how the Many of them are covered in hail nets, and that's to protect the fruit from those notorious hailstorms. And we take many measures to protect our homes or to protect property and to protect what belongs to us. And just as they put those hail nets up to protect the fruit, so we really need to be trusting in the Lord and walking in the Spirit and protecting that wonderful fruit of the Spirit within us. And not yielding to little foxes, not letting things eat away and encroach like the ocean and not let the storms and the things in life eat away and chip away and erode our faith in Jesus and erode our trust in him. We need to stand strong and firm and we can rely on Jesus um, 
to, for everything, and we can look to God and be clothed in his armour. But there is still responsibility on our part as sons and daughters of God to consciously decide to trust him, to consciously decide to feed on the word, to live feeding on Jesus, the bread of life, and to be allowing the water of the Holy Spirit to bubble up and well up within us, we still need to be doing that. And what I'd like to do is just share some scriptures here to carry us through into 2021. They're beautiful, positive scriptures. 1 Peter 1, verse 3 to 4. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. There is nothing that can erode or eat away or destroy that beautiful inheritance that God has for his children. It is absolutely secure and guaranteed. Praise God. In Philippians 3, verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. This earth is not our permanent home. And at times I've just said, Lord, why are we still moving? <laughs> I can't I ever stop, you know. And he just quietly says, but this is not your permanent home. Your permanent home, I'm building that one. That's the one I'm going to put you in. <laughs> That's where you're staying. In Zephaniah 3, verse 17, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I love this verse. I love the statements in it. It shows the most beautiful facets of God's character and who our Lord and Savior is. He is in our midst. He is in our midst. He is a mighty one who will save a mighty one. I like that. He will rejoice over you with gladness. There are times when some of us think that God cannot possibly love us, that we've let him down or we've disappointed him, and that he must possibly just, you know, be thinking, oh, for goodness sake, you know. But it says here that our Father rejoices over us with gladness. He's glad to have us in his, in his home. He's glad that we are a part of his family. There is true gladness there. And I love the fact that God doesn't lie. So whatever we read in the Scripture, when we read things like this, they are the truth. They are the truth. They are fact. He will quiet you by his love. And through this time of our upcoming departure, I've gone through a lot of emotional um, ups and downs. Um, I'll be quiet and fine one minute, and then I just lose it. No control. Just a you know, big hiccup and all the tears start pouring out and Pete's left with a mess on his hands. Um, and it just keeps happening on and off, on and off. And it's coming from not just up here, it's coming from deeper down inside. 
and I've really had to cry out to him at times. And Lord, I can't handle this pain. I, I this is hurting. This is real pain of separation coming in, Lord, and I and loss and grief, grief coming in again. And it's something I've battled with through my life on and off. And I thought I was over going through that kind of thing, but you know, <laughs> obviously not. And so I've really had to cry out to the Lord. And it's interesting that as I've just not given into it, I've just accepted that grief is real. And there are depths of grief. Sometimes we just can't quite, we can't cope with it ourselves. We can't. And a quietness has come in, like a numbing, tranquilizing peace. Just quietness. And I've known that God has just drawn near. The Spirit of the Lord has just been, just quietened me. Just peace be still, as Jesus did to the waters. Peace be still. It's okay. I know. You know, like you take a child who's crying and you pick them up and cuddle them and you, you rub their back or you pat their back and you just, they snuggle into you and you're saying, it's okay. I know. I know it hurt. It's all right. And that's what he does to us. And that's what he's doing to me a lot through these last few days and weeks. He will exult over you with singing. I remember being absolutely staggered when I saw in the scriptures that God sang. I absolutely loved it. Sometimes religion paints God as such an austere, dead God. You know, um, emotionless, except for wrath and anger and fury. But the scripture is so full of the beautiful descriptions. And he describes himself. And I just love this. He will exult over you with singing. So just as when the prodigal son came home, the father would have been going whoop-de-doo and jumping up and down. And I'm sure he broke out into a song of praise you know, it would have been wonderful to see that reunion taking place. And it's like when we see sons or daughters who live in other states, they come home for Christmas, you know, or you suddenly see them again. And there's always a lot of hugging going on and back patting and back rubbing and arm slapping and getting close and big smiles and grins all over the place, you know, and some people jump up and down and the excitement is there. And I love the fact that when we all enter into glory, God is there celebrating. When Jesus comes and takes us all home to be with him in that wonderful day, we all go to be with Jesus, I believe there's going to be so much noise in heaven. The angels who have been watching everything with great interest, the Bible says, they are going to be exalting the Lord and praising God. God, because his children are all home. And I think that, or I believe that when any one of us passes on to be with Jesus, the grief that we experience is real. And yet that soul, home, home with Jesus, home with the Lord, uh, we cannot imagine it or fully comprehend it with our own minds, but I'm sure that singing 
is a great part of what happens in eternity and what happens in, in God's kingdom. So we need to get into that singing more and let's reflect more of that. Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope, there he is. We cannot put our hope in anybody else or anything else. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. We need to believe so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That word abound, I love it. I looked that up. And the words that it's it come, blah, blah, blah. The words are be full of, be full of, overflow with, to team with something. And you think of a little river, um, or if you've been out fishing and you're in shallow water and you see the tiny fish, and there might be thousands of them, the water is teeming with them, and they're all darting backwards and forwards and everything. And so it says here to abound in hope. Team with hope. Let it live and swim and fill you. To be packed with. Be crowded with. Now, the Latin origin, ab, uh, is an abound. Ab is from. And the under means a wave. And the rest with undari, or un, I'm not sure how you say it, undari, means surge. So you have a surging wave. A surging wave is a powerful thing. And um, living on the coast in Hawke's Bay, we were always at the beach, and the waves would surge. You could see the power of them as they'd surge up and down, you know, and I loved watching them. So that word abound, a wave surging, abound in hope. Let it surge through you. Romans 12, verse 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Three basic instructions there, and they're very real. When we live like this, things happen. Rejoice in hope, no matter what's going on. And I think one of the things that has really spoken to my heart is how that um, people in our church here who've gone through major illness in the middle of it and been going through the treatments, never heard them complain. Never heard them complain. There was always hope being expressed. Always a positive note of faith was being expressed. And that really testified into my own heart. Um, that's a strong witness and a beautiful testimony of people who know the Lord Jesus Christ and who can still praise God, still thank him, still smile, even when things are going badly in a physical way. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 to 18. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Revelation 22 verse 12. Jesus says, behold, I am coming soon. 
So in 2021 comes in and there are already people like prophets of doom saying it's going to be worse, it's going to be this and that and everything else. And look, it may well be. <laughs> that is out of our control. But Jesus is coming back to take us home soon. We stand on the mighty rock of Jesus Christ. And all these scriptures we've looked at, those promises, those wonderful declarations, we can be in the middle of all of this out there and yet, again, standing still. We may not be jumping up and down and over the moon about what's happening, but we're stable and secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's all through Jesus that we have access to all these things. And we've just been celebrating the birth of Jesus. And I'd like to play a video here. It's something um, that I found incredible, that just the names in the Bible, there is a message contained through the Bible, and it is through the lineage of Jesus. And it's about, it's a few minutes long, but it is very rich and very beautiful, and I hope that this encourages and excites you in your faith. It's called Lineage of Majesty. prophetic lineage of Jesus Christ. This is 77 generations. In the Hebrew names of all of these people that you see in this list, they all have Hebrew meaning. That's the amazing thing about the Hebrew naming system is they're like sentences. They'll say something. So what I did is I basically said, this lineage is a picture of Jesus. That's what it is. He is the seed. I did it two ways, from Adam, through David, through Solomon, down through Joseph to Jesus. And then I did Adam, through David, over to Nathan, and down through Mary to Jesus. I would like you to just listen. Behold the power of our God. This is extraordinary. He will be the last Adam, standing redemptively in the place of another. The people of this earth are his possession, and for the praise of God, he has come down to make a way. When he dies, there will be an outpouring. His death will be as a weapon. He is brought low that he may prove powerful. He will bring rest and will be a resting place. His name will be famous among those who have been cut off from the breast and bound in the enemy's stronghold. For he calls them his possession. He will enter this earth as a tender shoot, as one from the heavenly region. He will divide even the closest friends. He will be a branch burning with resolve when he takes up residence here. 
He will be the father of a multitude, the chief of a mighty host. He laughs at the deceiver and supplanter and overcomes. He shall be praised, and the breach he will fortify and close and wall in. He is exalted, the royal seed who will crush the head of the hissing enchanter. So now let's go down to the royal lineage. This is through David, down through Solomon, through Joseph and to Jesus. He will be a covering of garments, and in him is strength. He will come serving to make wealthy his beloved and bring peace and enlarge for himself a people. He will say, Jehovah is my father. He will be harmed, but then healed, hurt, but then made whole. It will be said that he, God, has judged, and he, God, is exalted. He will prove the strength of God and the perfection of God. He will possess in his hand the power of God, and though he is forgotten of his people, he will prove a master builder and divinely heal them. And he, God, will set and make strong those who ask of God, those born in captivity. He will say, my father is majesty. He will be raised up by God to be a helper, to be the righteous one. God will raise him up for God's praise, majesty, and splendor. He will be the help of God, a gift. And to the heel-grabbing supplanter, he will exchange out life for death and bring God's salvation. The blood lineage. This is Nathan down through Mary and then to Jesus. He will be a covering of garment, and in his strength he will come serving to make wealthy his beloved and give the gift of God. He declares to those under the enchantment that they are his dearest object of care and that he will raise them up. He will be the giver of grace, life in exchange for death. They will praise God who hearken unto him and join to him in covenant. Those who receive the gift of God, the one whom God has exalted, will find the help and salvation of God. They will be sustained by God, be quickened, made awake, and made alive. He will be measured according to the king's divine oracles. He will be adorned as king. He will be a heavenly light unto all who ask of God and those born in captivity. He will heal and give grace. He shall be praised for he gives life in exchange for death. To those who hearken the good tidings, he gives the gift of God unto the small. He is the bright light unto those whose eyes are fixed on God. He is a consolation and comfort unto the burdened. The gift of God is life in exchange for death. It's the violent action of the king in order to join in covenant. The gift of God raises us to heavenly heights and gives life and liberty in exchange for death and rebellion. It brings us God's salvation. of majesty. Mary's name means rebellious. Where will the seed of God be born? It'll be born in a woman whose name is rebellious. This is amazing. Eve, she rebelled. She ate of the fruit. She turned against the word of God and she rebelled. What does Mary do? Mary is the true woman whom the seed of God was born in. But her name means rebellious. And yet God in this whole thing rectifies that which was wrong in the garden. He uses a woman and corrects it all. We are the bride of Christ, be it unto me according to thy will. And we turn and believe. And then the life of God is born in us, in the rebellious. And there is redemption that is brought. And that which comes forth out of the rebellious is pure and holy and righteous. 
He is taking that which went wrong and he is restoring it in and through the womb of a woman. And by the way, we are to be that virgin in which the life of Christ is born afresh. We are to be the habitation of God through which the seed, the fruition of God comes forth into this earth. Yes, we are the rebellious. But we have the privilege of giving rise and life to the Messiah and saying, I, the rebellious, need what you, the perfect, have done to restore and to rectify and to redeem that which the enemy has destroyed. I turn to you. I want us to stand back in awe and wonder at the majesty of our God. Yes, it's impossible, but he loves the impossible. And he has done the impossible all over again. In and through us. to see that how the meanings of the names when you went through the lineage portrayed that entire message of Jesus that's that's extraordinary and so encouraging and we bear the name of Jesus and in these days and in these times when the world is becoming more and more disillusioned disappointed and weary this is a time for us to, as he says, to let the Jesus, let his life, you know, shine through us to carry that life and that light. And so that those around us will begin to ask questions, you know, how come when all this is happening, you're not, you know, why aren't you negative? Why aren't you um, full of doom and gloom? You know, why aren't you taking much notice of all these things? And it's because our hope is in Christ. The God of hope has filled us with joy and peace in believing. I'd like to just um, close in prayer here. It was a short message. I just wanted to encourage you all. And then I'd like us to just finish with a song video, um, which I hope will bless you too. So, Father... I thank you for your word. I thank you for those who study your word and discover these rich treasures that are hidden there in names and phrases and meanings. And I thank you, Lord, that you are pointing to Jesus all the way through, all through history, all through the genealogical records, Lord of Israel. You were talking about Jesus. You were pointing to him. There was prophecy going on from Genesis all the way through. And I thank you that we are made privy to these things, that we can learn these things and be more overwhelmed and more in awe of you. I pray, Father, that though we are small in, in the natural, I pray that your Holy Spirit will move upon us and within us and that we will stand strong in the power of your Holy Spirit, that we will not be afraid, Lord, that we will stand and keep your banner held high in the battle, Father, so that those who are desperately wanting rescue and help will see your banner 
and will know where to come, Lord, for help and reassurance. Bless this word. Bless your day. And I thank you for everyone here and for those who haven't been able to make it. Be with them, Father, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So the song is called Hallelujah. Son and the Spirit rise as they set the world in motion. The morning of the first sunrise, a symphony of golden sunlight dancing in the Father's eyes. He gazes at his masterpiece as all creation cries.
whose heart is for Jesus? Hands up. <laughs> Every hand in the building. Praise you, Lord. I'd like to pray with anyone, if there's anyone here with any needs or if, if you've been struggling. It'll be good to let's just bring you before the Lord. We're in good company. We're in the company of our Father. And some of us are having more difficult times than others. And you know who you are, and so does the Father. So let's just bow our heads and come quietly into the presence of our great and mighty God. Father, you know every heart here. You know the struggles. You are deeply acquainted with all that goes on in our hearts and in our lives. We are all so different, all in different circumstances and situations. And yet you know each and every single one of us intimately, Lord. And I thank you that you care. Father, I just ask that in your precious love and compassion, you will move in the life of each one, needing that extra encouragement. May your precious spirit move gently and beautifully, bringing a word of encouragement, causing just the right person to make just the right phone call at the right moment. That someone will cross their path with a word of encouragement to meet that need. I pray, Father, that you will speak in the night hours when the mind is quiet. Speak, Lord, into their spirit as only you can and give them revelation. Give them knowledge, Lord, to quiet and calm them in those situations. And I pray, Lord, that you will pick each of us up at the right time, Lord, when we need it. You will pick us up as a child and that you will embrace us and you will just hold us close and comfort us, Lord, and just whisper those beautiful words of reassurance, reaffirmation, Lord, affirm what that heart needs to hear, Lord. Let them know the love that you have for them in a way that only you can communicate. Father, we know that you care for us. We know that you love us. But sometimes the deep knowledge of that gets blocked out with all the noise and the roaring from the world and all the nations and all the politics and the parties, everything going on around us. And I pray that as we draw aside into that secret place, the holy place of your presence, that you will minister as we sit quietly there and allow you to hold us and minister to us. Lord, we love you so very much. We know our lives depend on you. We don't have anyone else in heaven but you. You are the source of life for us. We know we can draw on you for all things. You are the only stable rock in our existence. You are the only security we have in this very unstable world. I praise you, Lord. 
I praise you, Lord. Move, O Lord, among us. Move in our hearts. Just move, O Lord, I pray. Hallelujah, Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, O Lord. Worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. How wonderful your presence is, Lord. So deep. So precious, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. As you look to the rock on which you stand, you will find that though others around you may be sinking, you will find yourself in a high and a dry place, a place of safety and a place of refuge. As the bird hides itself in the cleft of the rock and is sheltered from the storm, so when you quietly draw near to me and hide yourself in me, when you immerse yourself in me, putting your faith and your trust in me, not on what you see, not on what your mind tries to work out, but when you let it all go and you simply crawl into the cleft of the rock and quietly stay in my presence, you will receive comfort and strength for your soul. And you will also be able to hear more clearly that which I would say to you. For just as the prophet hid in the cave and there, is a, there was a great earthquake and there was a fire and there was a strong wind, but you were in none of those great and noisy things. Instead, as he sat quietly waiting in the cave, there was my voice, a quiet, still voice. Learn to hide yourself in me, to place yourself in me. Learn to sit quietly and listen. Breathe in my presence and let me just comfort you with my love and be your strength in all things. Praise you, Lord. Feel free to just sit quietly in God's presence. If some of you need to go, please feel free. Thank you, Lord. Go in God's presence.